Chapter Five of the Carved Cupboard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Carved Cupboard by Amy Lefebvre. Narrated by Larry Wilson. Chapter Five A Quiet Sunday. O day most calm, most bright, the fruit of this, the next world's bud. The week were dark, but for thy light, thy torch doth show the way. G. Herbert. The sisters, accompanied by Captain Knox, made quite a sensation in the little village church when they entered it that Sunday morning. The old sexton fussed about as if all the seats were occupied, but eventually they were shown into one just beside the pulpit stairs. Miss Miller glared at them through her green spectacles, and Elfie felt miserably conscious that she had recognized them. There were a few other gentle people in the church besides themselves, and a very fair sprinkling of farmers and villagers. The service was simple and hearty. The village schoolmaster played the organ, and Mr. Miller, a fine-looking, gray-headed man, delighted Agatha, at least, by his earnest, faithful preaching. Coming out into the courtyard, Agatha was stopped by Miss Miller, hastening up to her. She was dressed in black silk, but her bonnet, a wonderful erection of lace and ribbon, was quite awry, and she seemed agitated. She spoke jerkily, and Agatha had difficulty in preserving her usual equanimity of mind. "'Excuse me, but I believe you have taken Mr. Tom Lester's house. A most unsatisfactory parishioner he is, and not at all what he should be.' I am hoping to call on you this week. Who is this gentleman? Your brother? No. A great pity, then, for a householder woman is only a hotbed for scandal and gossip. We have too many women by far in this neighbourhood. A bachelor parson always draws them. Have you any acquaintances in the neighbourhood? Ah, so much the better. There is service at half-past six this evening. I hope you will be regular attendance. You live in a godless house. Take care that the atmosphere does not affect you. Mr. Tom Lester never entered the house of God after I spoke to him about the irreverence of his yawns during the sermon. Good-bye, and I hope you will prove pleasant neighbours. That remains to be seen. She darted away as quickly as she came, and Elfie, who was walking with Agatha, gave one of her merry rippling laughs. Isn't she an odd character? We shall have a good deal of fun out of her, I am sure. I am thankful she did not recognise me, or at least had the good taste not to appear as if she did. I wonder, said Agatha thoughtfully, if that old man who sat behind Miss Miller was our landlord's brother. Oh, he was much too nice-looking. I imagine the other Mr. Lester is an awful old curmudgeon. He's got his property unjustly, I consider. The eldest son ought to have it. Cousin James is not an old curmudgeon, put in Gwen, stepping back to join in the conversation. Supplanters and usurpers generally carry all the world before them, like green bay trees, as the psalmist says. I am sure our Jacob is most prepossessing in manner and appearance, like his namesake. History repeats itself. Don't be bitter after church, said Agatha in her quiet voice. Gwen laughed. I'm not bitter. I feel I can snap my fingers at him now. Hugh says he saw him in town the other day, and he said with his pleasant smile, When we are quite settled at Dane Hall, my wife will ask the girls down. They will be glad of the change I expect after their seclusion in the country. Wasn't it truly kind and considerate of him? 
the first sunday in the country was a very pleasant one to the sisters claire went off for a long walk with hugh in the afternoon agatha settled herself in a wicker chair with her books in the sunny veranda overlooking the meadows and distant pine woods and gwen and elfie wandered off across the fields enjoying the sweet spring air and noting all the spring flowers peeping out of the hedgerows yes i'm thankful we are out of town said gwen emphatically standing up and drawing in long breaths of content and satisfaction if i were starving i would rather be in the country because one can be clean it's the oppression in the atmosphere that is so sickening in london and never being able to get away from people this is an ideal sunday said elfie turning her radiant face upwards and watching a lark soaring out of sight i don't think i shall miss the concerts in town with such music as this around one then after a pause she said i suppose becoming lazy and self-indulgent is a danger in the country we are not rich enough for that responded gwen with a short laugh at least i know i have my work cut out for me i wasn't meaning actual daily duties but our responsibilities regarding others said elfie a little shyly gwen shrugged her shoulders i suppose you feel you ought to be in sunday school this afternoon is that it i dare say miss miller will give you some parish work if you ask her are you going to follow in agatha's steps i saw her from my bedroom window this morning stop a carter going by from the farm and hand him some track elfie laughed <laughs> she's a good old thing she never says anything about her good deeds but i know she will be soon fast friends with all the farm laborers who pass up and down you see if next week she doesn't know all their names and family histories they were crossing a fresh meadow now and as they came up to a stile they saw in the next field a most picturesque little cottage standing in the midst of a mass of apple blossom it was a low whitewashed building with thatched roof and latticed windows green shutters opening back upon the wall the girls went up and leaning against the gate looked at it admiringly then started at the sight of two oldish women sitting opposite one another in the old-fashioned porch they were dressed exactly alike two lilac sunbonnets hiding their faces their figures were thin and angular and each had a book in her lap their dark blue serge gowns white aprons and little red worsted shawls over their shoulders were duplicates one of the other it's like a book whispered elfie do let us speak to them we can ask them where the footpath leads to gwen opened the gate and accordingly put the question both women started to their feet and one came forward where does this footpath lead to why to our cottage and no further miss she spoke respectfully though rather shortly i am afraid we have trespassed said elfie in her sweet bright tone but we are strangers here and are trying to find our way about what a lovely little cottage you have it's a tidy little place the woman responded with an approving nod perhaps you'd like to come in and sit for a bit patty and me don't care for sunday visitin but you'll be the ladies from jasmine cottage i reckon yes said gwen we will come in for a minute before we go back they followed her into a spotlessly clean and tidy kitchen patty drew forward two chairs and began to speak rather breathlessly my sister and me saw you in church today. we said you were the new family and deb is very good at upholsterin and alterin carpets and doin plain needlework and we thought maybe you'd be wantin help that way for deb goes to work by the day at most of the big houses round tis lord's day said deb giving her sister a sharp nudge with her elbow 
we'll not be talking business now sit down ladies gwen and elfie exchanged amused glances then gwen said well we won't transact business now but we want to work women badly if you will come to the cottage to-morrow my sister will show you any amount of carpets that need refitting but if i had a cottage like this away from all sound and sight of human beings i think i wouldn't trouble to go out carpet-making you would if you wanted to keep your cottage said deb brusquely then taking off her sunbonnet and smoothing down her gray hair she sat down on an old oak settled beside the little cheery blazing fire and grasping her angular knees with each hand she looked at gwen a little defiantly eight and forty year come next christmas have patty and i lived together here and never a year have we been behind our rent since father died but it have been done by downright and hard labor if you and your people want new-laid eggs or fresh spring chickens or honey from the comb why tis patty that will supply you as also milk and butter from an alderney cow tis sunday ejaculated patty as she stood by the fire with arms akimbo and at this retort gwen and elfie laughed outright and do you ever go away from home asked gwen curiously after a slight pause in which deb looked very discomposed we are continually away said deb looking up and speaking very shortly i know every gentry's house in the neighborhood not to speak of brambleton where patty goes regular once a week to market but as to sleepin away that we never mean to do till we be taken to our last restin place and are you great readers i'm afraid we disturbed you from your books when we came in patty took up her book which was on the window ledge tis bunyan's book the pilgrim's progress father give deb and me a copy each when we were fifteen years old and we have read it every Sunday afternoon since. We don't always get very far, for tis sleepy time in the afternoon, but a page or two is always edifying and improving to the soul. It's a lovely book, said Elfie enthusiastically. You must know it nearly by heart. The sisters smiled at each other. We do that, said Deb. I suppose you have visitors from the village here occasionally? asked Gwen deb frowned grimly then looked at her questioner straight in the face with hard-set lines about her mouth as she replied we keeps to ourselves miss you are both young ladies and haven't lived long enough to have it cast up in your teeth that you're not wed but there be those who scorn us for choosing to keep by each other and not do as most young maids do patty and me have had our chances but patty's lad couldn't take us both and twas the same with my lad and neither of us could bear to be away from the other we've always grown together patty and me we came into the world together and we pray the lord he'll take us out in the same manner and we know each other's ways and when we don't agree there's no one else to interfere do you ever disagree asked elfie smiling patty nodded her head solemnly ay we ain't quite the same make through and through she said in her little breathless way and words run high at times i keep to my opinions and deb keeps to hers and if we have an extra hard dispute on, we know how to settle it. How with this? asked Gwen, looking from one hard-featured woman to the other with the greatest interest. Deb looked up grimly and said as she raised her hand in emphasis, Patty have never had a blow from me since we were children, nor I from her. When our tongues run away with us, one locks tell they're out, and when we get cool again, the door is opened. I would rather be inside than outside on a winter's day said gwen laughing heartily now come elfie we must be off i shall pay you another visit before long to learn about beekeeping i see your hives are just like ours and we know nothing about such things and i'll be very glad to tell you said patty eagerly 
for I've tended bees since I were a child, and know all their tricks, and as to their swarmings. Tis the Lord's day. Put in Deb grimly, and Gwen and Elfie promptly took their leave. Aren't they old dears? said Elfie enthusiastically. They seem to live in quite another world. Imagine reading the Pilgrim's Progress all your life, and no other book beside the Bible. Do they ever see a newspaper, I wonder? It isn't often one meets such a couple. We shall get a good deal of entertainment out of them, I expect. What an awful existence! Is it what we shall come to years hence, I wonder? And yet I, for one, am quite certain that will not be my lot. What? inquired Elfie. The old maid's existence, do you mean, with a little secluded country cottage? Neither. I have my plans and purposes, and not all Jacob's machinations and schemings will frustrate them. What are they? inquired Elfie. Ah, oh, well, I'd best not say. I mean to see you all thoroughly comfortable and settled here, and then break them to you. I have plenty of resources and interests to take up my time, so I'm in no hurry. You always were a wonderful one for plans. Let me guess. You're going to start a magazine and be the editor of it. No, thank you. Magazines are as plentiful as pins just now. They appear and disappear like skyrockets. Is it a way of earning money? No, of spending it, but I'm not going to tell you. I generally find I can carry out my plan successfully if I don't take too many people into my confidence. Elfie was silent for a few minutes. Then she said with a little sigh, I wonder how old Nanny is getting on. What has put her into your head? The verses she gave us. Don't you remember? I'm sure I forget what mine is. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also unto him, and he shall bring it to pass, said Elfie softly. Nanny never could stand my independence. I believe she thought we ought not to have taken this cottage without first having prayer about it. Agatha did pray about it said elfie very quietly well i didn't and i was the one to find it and it has turned out quite a success i never can understand such narrow views of life as agatha takes prayer is all very well in church or in great crises but in everyday life i think it is perfectly unnatural and unnecessary elfie did not answer she felt too inexperienced to argue the matter out with gwen though she totally disagreed with her they reached home and found Claire and Captain Knox before them. Afternoon tea was had in the drawing-room, and afterwards, before evening church, Elfie brought her violin out, and Agatha went to the piano, whilst the others gathered round and sang some hymns with them. The evening closed quietly and peacefully, and as Captain Knox said good-night to his betrothed, he added, I am so glad I have seen you all here. I shall picture your quiet Sundays when I am in the wilds of Africa, and it will do me good. End of chapter 5